What if I were to tell you that the Christian life is not supposed to be up here and down here and up here and down here? How many of you believe that? You know there's a plane there somewhere you ought to be on, but you just can't seem to find it. Well, hopefully you're going to get some keys for that today. Now listen up. What if I told you the Lord is not the one who comes and goes in our life? Now you're saying that's right. You know that. But you know, we don't act like it. We, we do perceive his presence, just like this morning, I, I just enjoyed his presence. And even before I went up there, I thought, okay, it's been a long time since my heart started doing that. used to do that all the time when I was first learning how to flow in the gifts of the Spirit. I enjoy his presence, and sometimes you just feel it stronger than others, right? Or, or sometimes you're just happy, and you don't really know why, and you just think the joy of the Lord's just rising up in me. And sometimes you're just... Feel the peace of God, but um, God is not giving you those things and then withdrawing them. Did you know that? Okay, you know, um, we cry out, oh God, come touch my life again. Oh God, fill me up again. Oh God, um, do something new in my life again. I just need a fresh touch from you, God. Now, don't don't hit me. That's not the way to pray. Why? Okay, I I taught uh, I don't know how many of sermons on um, core beliefs. How many of you heard those? I hope they're still affecting your life. And I had amazing facts that I wrote down. So I've kind of grasped hold of that, and it helps me keep some uh, validity to what I'm saying and stay on track. So I have some amazing facts for you. And at the end of this, I'm going to hand them out to you, but I'm not going to hand them out now because you'd read them and you wouldn't listen to me. So as I give you these amazing facts, and they go up on the screen one by one, then you can read them and hear them. And hopefully they will touch your heart and you'll do them. So I said that wasn't any way to pray because amazing fact number one. God never withdraws from us. Do you have that, Jennifer? You do have it. <clears throat> it's, it's all in yellow. Pardon? They didn't enter. Okay. Well, so you have to listen harder, I guess. Amazing fact number one, God never withdraws from us. Now, you know the scripture, he'll never leave you or forsake you. Well, do you believe that? If you do, then he doesn't withdraw from you. He doesn't withdraw himself or anything he's given from you. <clears throat> you know, sometimes we just feel dry and empty. Have you ever felt dry and empty? Well, if you haven't, I think you're fibbing to me. We, we think we've lost our peace, we've lost our joy, or, or we think God just moved away. Or he just got so far away that he can't hear us. But we think wrong. Amazing fact number two. 
Once you are born again. Are you born again? Raise your hand if you're born again. Okay. Once you're born again, God never changes toward you ever. So all the things you're doing to make him proud of you, he's already proud of you. When you got born again, God gave you everything that he is, and he didn't, he changed his opinion of you. Yes, you became into his family. And once you're born again, did you hear me? God never changes toward you, ever. He is always releasing, transmitting his presence, his blessings, his joy, his healing, whatever it is you need. It's just coming all the time. The Lord never changes. We do. God is not the variable in this deal. We are. Now, if this sermon steps on your toes, please let it step on your toes, and then we'll pray for you later, okay? Amazing fact number three. Right now, this very moment, you are as full of God as you believe to be. Now, how do you like that? Okay, somebody's full of God, okay? You're as full of God as you believe to be. Okay. Let me get back over here. He does not, God does not determine how much love you got in you, how much peace you got. He doesn't determine how much hunger or thirst you've got for him. God doesn't do that. Right now, you're as full of God as you believe to be. Now, amazing fact number four. It is never God that doesn't move in your life. It is you who are not receiving from God. Is this hard? Is this tough? Is this mean? I'm not trying to be mean. Okay, we'll take this example. Right this moment, you electronic people know this, there are TV signals out there in the air, right? And if you, um, I don't even know how you get them. Let's see. I think I wrote it down. If you plugged in and turned on and tuned in your TV set, you'd perceive the signal, you'd see the picture, and you'd hear the sound. But was it out there all the time? Were those signals constantly booming? I'm going to tell you, God is sending everything you need just like those TV signals. And if you haven't received it, It's not because God's not sending it. So maybe something's wrong with your receiver. So we're going to have prayer for healed receivers today. That's not true. Okay. 
Amazing fact number five. These are beaming, these transmitters of heaven. If you can just see them, the transmitters are beaming 24-7. They don't rest on Sunday or they don't rest on nighttime. They're beaming 24-7. We aren't very good receivers, and you know what we do? We short-circuit what God wants to do and what he's given us. He's transmitting everything that Jesus Christ gave us. When he died, he was buried and resurrected. Now, you just think about that. What did you get from that? You know, for starters, we've got salvation. Well, salvation is healing and deliverance, prosperity, the fact that we don't really have to die. We just step out of this world into another. So for starters, you've got salvation and healing and prosperity and healed relationships. Anybody have any broken relationships around here? Mm -hmm. Uh, The gifts and fruit of the Spirit, all the gifts that God has, the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions. That would be demons and demonic assignments. In case you, you know, we're not going out there looking for a snake to step on. Hope you don't think that. And the authority to, to... to take back everything the enemy or we ourselves lost. You know, sometimes we blame the devil. We blame the demons. We blame the assignments of the evil one. And it's just plain and simple. Us. We did it. And we just need to fess up and understand that. Amazing fact number six. This is kind of hard. If you aren't right now totally full of God, it's because you haven't chosen to be. I mean, th- this this sermon got me going. I mean, I, I hope it gets you going. I hope you, I hope you just get it. I hope it sticks in your heart like a dart and it can't get away and it just works from now on in you. You know, we just think, God, God, make me hungry. God, God, you know, give me this. God, I just, I feel so dry. And he's saying all the time, here's all my blessings. Here's all my blessings. Here's all my blessings. Would you just receive from me? You know, when he made us, he put a little homing device inside of us. Even before you were a Christian, a little homing device. And um, the scripture in uh, Psalm 46.10 says, Be still and know that I am God. You know what? We have trouble being still. Or if we get still, we go to sleep because we've been run, 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 and so we get still and we go to sleep. But the scripture says, Be still and and know that I'm God. So you're not probably going to know that he's God unless you get out of the rat race, at least for a little while. When you aren't focused on a hundred other things, then this little homing device in here will draw you to God. You know, in this day, let's look at our kids. My great-grandson was here from St. Louis. He hardly turned loose at this phone. You know, and then he took his grandmother's phone and he did all sorts of things to it, which she's, you know, 
she said, here, put this back like it was, you know, because he had, he had changed the rings and, and he just, you know, he, he just kept doing it. I'm not saying that's bad, but our kids these days don't have time to sit down and stop without looking at TV or iPhones or whatever. Do they ever get quiet time? Do they ever see their parents still and quiet, saying, okay, I'm just going to be with God a little while? you got to be still. And we're not a society that likes that. So uh, I'm going to give you, like I told you, four keys. These four keys are in Romans 1.21. And... Um, For even though they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks, but they became futile in their speculations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Read it out of the Amplified, too. Because when they knew and recognized him as God, they did not honor and glorify him as God or give him thanks, but instead they became futile and godless in their thinking with vain imaginings, foolish reasoning, and stupid speculations, and their senseless minds were darkened. Okay, this is how you get away from God. There's four things in there, like that's how you get away from God. You don't honor God as God. You don't thank God. You have vain imaginations. In other words, your imagination's working, but not for good. God gave you an imagination. That's next Sunday sermon. Um, and then because of that, your understanding is darkened. Your revelation is darkened. You just can't, you're confused. Okay, so, the, so if that's the way you get away from God, then the opposite of that must be how you get back to God. So we're going to talk about that today. We're going to talk about the keys then. Um, take, okay, they knew God, they didn't honor him as God. Let's take the joy of the Lord. How many of you are just bubbling over with the joy of the Lord today? Just so happy. Well, some of you are, praise God. How many of you have felt like the joy of the Lord just drained out of you? Maybe not today, but sometimes. The peace of God just drained out of you. Maybe maybe you got healed at one time and you feel like it drained out of you. Amazing fact number seven. God didn't stop sending you his joy or his peace or his love. He didn't stop sending you his healing power. You just stopped receiving. Now, you're going to think I'm going over and over and over this. But before I'm through, you're going to get it, okay? So if you think I'm saying the same thing in a different way, that's exactly what I'm doing. So you've shut down your receiver. I've shut down my receiver. So <clears throat> we're going to take this first one. Now, I'm going to assume that everybody in here really wants to be full of God. I hope that's. That's a, a given, okay? I hope that everybody really wants that. And um, every day you want to enjoy his benefits. Because if you don't, there's something wrong with you, you know? Um, if, if It's like if somebody uh, had written you a check for a million dollars and you just wanted to set it on your dresser and leave it there for the rest of your life and thank God for it, that'd be stupid. Participate in it, you know, receive it and use it, Okay. Um, so what does the enemy do? He tries to get you to quit glorifying God as God. He wants the glory, actually. 
And if you stop giving God glory and praising him for what he has done, you will lose what you've already got. Some of you may feel dry and crusty. And you think, you know, I used to be so close to God and I used to hear. And I used to just go around all day talking to him and, I, and he talked back to me and, and it was just awesome. It is not fun to be dry and crusty because I've been there. I don't like it either. So this sermon is for me too. So if you think I'm hammering you, I'm not hammering you. I'm hammering all of us, okay? So I don't want to lose. I mean, I've been, I've been a Christian since I was 10. I've been baptized in the Holy Ghost since I was 45, I think. And that's been the greatest time of my life since 45. I came into the kingdom at 10, and I didn't do anything except be churchy and religious. But since I was baptized in the Holy Ghost, I can't get enough of God. <clears throat> I just can't get enough of God. I just can't, I, I just can't understand Him enough. I just can't know Him enough, okay? Um, so... If we don't quit giving God glory and praise for what he's done, we will not lose what he has given, what we have received from him, okay? Now, is that a good deal or not? Even the fact that you won't lose it, but it will multiply, it will increase. You know, that's what's supposed to be going on. All the things you've learned about God ever since you became a Christian should be multiplying, and you should just be getting, getting so full of God that everywhere you go, it just, you know, you don't prepare to go talk to somebody about God. It just falls out of you, you know? You ever seen that little Pillsbury Doughboy that gets punched? When you get punched, God ought to just, spl just splatter all over everybody. Just splatter all over them. But I'm not talking about religion. That's what we do. We splatter religion all over them and they run away. You need to splatter the love of God and the peace of God and, and what God is doing in you. Splatter that all over them and watch what happens, okay? It's funny the things that come out that I don't practice at home, I don't say at home, I don't put down on paper. But okay, so I'm going to get to key number one finally. Key number one is... You're going to have to glorify God. Well, in the Greek, glorify means to render or esteem as glorious. And esteem means to value or prize or reverence. Now, I know you know this, but you haven't thought about it. When you receive something, whatever it is, you place a value on it. You know, somebody gives you a diamond watch. You think, wow, I like that, and, uh, you know, it's valuable. You take care of it, you know, and you, when you're not wearing it, you put it in a safe place, right? Somebody gives you a um, Mickey Mouse um, cookie. You don't put much value on that. Well, maybe if your child made it for you, you would, but normally you wouldn't put much value on it. But that's what we do. We put value on the things of God, or we don't put value on the things of God. Now, 
The enemy will come even after this message. Demonic assignments will be sent to try to get this from you because that's, that's why I said I want God to seal it in your heart, stick it in there like an arrow. Because if you don't guard it, the enemy will take it away. That's, that's his job. So some of you today will listen and say, you know, that's God. And some of you will say, oh, that's just what Pastor Virginia has figured out and that's what she thinks. You always put a value. Up to this point, you can value what I've said or you can be saying, you know, I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that. That's not me. You choose to put the value, okay? So, 1 Thessalonians 2.13. For this reason, we also constantly thank God that when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as the word of men, but for what it really is, the word of God, which also performs its work in you who believe. Okay, so I, I'm asking you today to receive this message as the word of God and not the word of man. <clears throat> let, let me give you an example of how he steals it. Let's say this morning, you know, we've all already had church. We've had an awesome time. We had awesome praise and worship. And we had the word of the Lord. And hopefully you're getting a good word. And you go home and you're just blessed and pumped and you feel so good. And somebody starts in on you. And you just lose it. And you both get into it like this. What happened? Does that happen? You know, he, the devil, I think, works the hardest on the road to church and on the road afterwards, you know, wherever you're going. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, amazing fact number eight, if you value what God says, you're going to have to devalue what others say. So, when Angela gets on my case, which she doesn't, but when Angela gets on my case and, and she starts going after me, I just got to devalue what she says. You know, husbands and wives, you have to do this. You're going to have to devalue what your spouse is saying sometimes because it may not be what you want to hear and it may not be even right. So you're going to have to value what God says and devalue what man says. But you know what we do? We do the opposite. We do. So when the criticism and the opposition come, you've got to hold on to what God said. But, you know, it's real easy to prize and honor and want. You know, we all want to be accepted by people. It's just normal. And we may do it unconsciously even. So if you let other people's words have power and increase in your life, then God's word will decrease. In your life. God didn't change. God didn't leave. But you allowed something to occupy the position in your life that was meant just for God. 
Nobody else can dictate the worth that you place on something. It is your assignment, and you do it all day long, all day long, every day. It's your choice. You know, our love for our immediate family should just not be anywhere near the love for Jesus Christ. And yet, the, the family gets so involved. I mean, especially these young mothers... I was just thinking about Tennille as I was thinking about that. And I thought, I remember when I got my third child, it was like, oh, my goodness. It was like you had ten all of a sudden instead of three. That third one made such a tremendous difference. And I thought, you know, how do you just stay in tune with God, stay focused on God, stay focused on what God wants you to do, and you've got three children or four. You know, Sarah's got four going on five, isn't it? Where's... Yeah. You know, you just have to find time to be still and know that He is God. You can change what you value. Okay, um, so if you put your mate or your children or your marriage or your career ahead of God, I want you to think about that today. And if that's you... And even if you've done it unknowingly or if you've done it knowingly, I want you to say this after me. I want every one of you to say this. Lord, Lord there, is nothing there is nothing that could even remotely, that could even remotely tempt, me tempt me to ever decrease the value, to ever decrease the value I, place on you I place on you and what you've done in my life. See, you cannot truly give God glory and give everything else glory at the same time. And that's what we as a society have tried to do. Let's just add God to the pot. And if you're not receiving, that's why. You can't add God to the pot. He's first. And then all of these other things. Doesn't the scripture say that? Uh Seek me first. Seek the kingdom of God and righteousness. Say it again. There you go. Thank you. I, I know that like I know my right hand, and yet I get up here and I can't say it. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and everything, 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 everything you ever need will be given to you. Yeah. Man, if we just believe that one scripture, we'd change our life, and we would we'd just be blessed beyond, beyond measure. But we're, we're running around here in lack. Why are we doing that? We're not seeking first the kingdom and his righteousness. Am I being hard on you? Are you okay? Mm, Y'all okay? Okay. All right. All right. So you place a value and worth on everything that comes along. Amazing fact number nine. It's you that place the value, not God. And you know, did you ever get just an awesome revelation from God or you read the word one time and he just stuck with you for days and days and maybe years and years? And then one day, you know, you just kind of forgot it. And you thought, oh, I remember when I used to just almost cry when I'd read that scripture. I remember when that just blessed me beyond anything. And now, 
I don't feel anything. So, God got diminished over time. Why? God didn't change his attitude toward us, and he didn't stop blessing. But I let something else occupy that space that was meant for God alone. I became a leaky vessel, or you became a leaky vessel. So, hopefully you want to change what you value. So magnify and glorify. I'm still on number one. Magnify and glorify. You know, that sounds like words that we don't just go around saying, okay, glorify, glorify, glorify. It's kind of a foreign word to us. So what do you think about magnify? Can you think of a magnifying glass? And what happens when you look through a magnifying glass? Thank you. Makes it bigger. Right. So if you magnify God, he will get bigger. If you glorify God, that's esteem him and put value on God, then he will get bigger. Thank you. Okay. You know, your mind is like a pair of binoculars. Do you ever look through the binoculars? We're usually looking through them to see, to make bigger. I want to draw them closer because... You know, I'm even wearing glasses now. But also binoculars make things smaller. Oh. So maybe that's what God wants us to do. Turn the binoculars around and look through the end that makes all of those problems, all of those pains, all of those heartaches, all of those frustrations, all those situations and circumstances that are bothering you. Look at them through the other end of the binoculars and they'll get little bitty. And that's what God wants us to do. Okay. Okay, amazing fact number 10. Depending on the choice you make and the things you focus on, it'll either magnify God and diminish your problems, or you'll magnify your problems and diminish God. Now that is a powerful statement. Just Get that today, okay? Depending on what choices you make and the things you focus on, you'll either magnify God and diminish your problems, or you'll magnify those problems and diminish God. So what are you focused on today? What's bothering you today? You know, a year from now, the things that are bothering you, you probably won't remember. Because they're right in front of your face, and that's what you're seeing. And so they're big, aren't they? They're big, and that's that's what you're focused on, and that's what God's trying to say today. That's not what he wants you to focus on. You know, a lot of people are upset about nothing. Maybe not having designer jeans, which I don't even have a pair of those. I don't wear jeans anyway, but... Whatever, designer jeans, or what else could be important? Um, maybe the best hairdo, or nice suit, or uh, um, a great new home, or new car. a new car. Yeah, what else? Electronics, he says. Oh, okay. Money. Oh, my. 
See, are there a few things out there that we could get involved in? Seems like more in 2009 than in 19, whatever, when I was born. I'm not going to tell you that. Um, people are more mixed up today because they've highly valued things that aren't valuable. Now, you know, you don't live in a pressure society, just in case you want to blame it on society, because I've said a few things about it. You don't live in a pressure society. Actually, you live in the most privileged, luxurious, easy generation that's ever lived on the face of this earth. So if you're feeling pressure, now this is strong. If you're feeling pressure, worn out, burned out, are you ready for this? It's because you have misplaced your values. I'm not trying to be mean. You put pressure on yourself. True. It's not our society. You choose to get on that treadmill. And you are the one. You're the only one that's able to magnify those troubles or diminish them. You're the only one that's able to magnify God or diminish God. It's your choice. You know, God didn't make us a puppet on a string and make us have to love him and, and acknowledge him. He gave us a free will. So, let's say you receive the manifestation of healing or, or you need that. You know, what? how do you do it? How, how do you get it? Well, first of all, you've got to make God bigger. Well, how do you do that? Maybe you go to the Word and you find a circumstance where, where there was healing. You can read it and reread it and think on it and read it and reread it and think on it and read and read it, reread it and think on it, meditate on it, till that thing gets bigger than the sickness or disease. I'm not saying you can do that overnight. It takes a lot of time. You just, you just do it and do it and do it till the victory of healing is greater than what your friends are telling you because they, they, they won't always agree with God for sure for what the world may be telling you. Even what your church family might say, even what your friends or even what your silly mind is saying, you got to get, God's got to get so big that he's bigger than all that other stuff. Okay? Now, remember, God doesn't quit transmitting. He doesn't. You know, when I got a hold of this, it's just like, I should have known it years ago, you know? And I suppose I did, but I didn't live in it. You know, there's a difference in hearing it this morning and going home and saying, yes, I'm going to do that the rest of my days. I'm going to live in the victory. I'm going to live in all those benefits because God's given them. So why am I not receiving them? It's not God's fault if he's sending them. So whose fault is it? Yeah, ours. So, if I'd stay with the lesson, I wouldn't have to get out there and forget where I'm at. This is so important. I want you to get this. You can be restored back to the moment 
when you were born again and you felt God's presence? If you're off in a dry land, in a desert, you can be restored. And you do it by glorifying God. Now, is that hard? You know, if I said you've got to stand on your head three hours every day, you've got to go down on the corner and hold up a plaque for five hours, and you have to um, go preach the gospel to a foreign country every three months. If I'd said that, you'd say, that's too hard, wouldn't you? I said, what you got to do? Glorify God or make God bigger than everything else. Well, surely we could do that, right? Can we do that? Surely we could do that. So I want you to say this with me. Father, forgive me for placing value on other things. Forgive me for letting what people think be more important than what you've said and done. Forgive me for being more interested in the Super Bowl or the World Series than you. Forgive me for magnifying my business, my family, and other things above you. I put them ahead of you and forgot you. Forgive me. Here's an easy explanation for glorifying God. You talk about him. You remember out loud what he said and done. Now, is that hard? Can you do that? If you don't know God, you have to read the word and understand who he is. You know, he's magnificent and awesome and beautiful and he's calm and cool and he's courageous and he's worthy and he's delightful and he's full of desires that he wants to give to you and he's magnificent and marvelous and glorious. He's far above everything you could ask or think or even imagine. He is God. He is God of all. He's your creator. He's the truth and the life and the way. He's perfection made manifest. He's everything you could ever want and everything you could ever need. I, I was hoping maybe Kendra would sing that song today because that song's really come alive to me. And I could have called her and asked her to, but I didn't. You know, God is everything you could ever want and everything you could ever need. But what do we do? We go trotting over here, trying to find him over here, trying to find the, the, all those benefits that are free over here. We just have to glorify God and give him the credit. Okay. So we praise and we magnify God. Got to find my place. Okay. Um, amazing fact number 11. Now this is, this is probably one of the most important ones. If you feel like God is not what he used to be, this is for you. You can go immediately to wherever you left gone, start over putting the proper worth, value, and esteem on him, and you can recover everything you lost. I got goosey bumps on that one. Actually, you haven't lost anything. It's all still right here. 
I'm going to have to teach on spirit, soul, and body some of these days because when you got born again, there's just a lot of things that happen that we don't, we don't really, we've not been taught about it. When you got born again, first of all, your spirit came alive. It was dead. It came alive. And the Holy Ghost moved right in there. He lives right here inside of me and inside of you in this spot here somewhere inside of me, inside of you. Now, when you got born again, God says in 1 Peter, one, 2 Peter, 1. Read that. 2 Peter 1, verses 3 and 4. His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these, his own glory and goodness, he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil, evil desires. Your spirit got born again, made brand new, and what did she say? God deposited everything you need for life. That's not death. Life and godliness. That means we can live godly and we can live in victory and we can live in all the benefits of God and we can live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. That means God has already put it right here. It's in there. So when you're asking God for the things that he's already put in there, isn't that a little redundant? Don't we do that? God, I need peace. It's already been given to you. God, I need your love. I can't feel you. I can't feel you. I can't. His presence is in there. Does the Holy Ghost live there? Can you get a revelation of this? Instead of asking God to give you what he's already given you, Unlock what's in there because your spirit is full of God. Your spirit has the right answer. Your spirit knows because the Holy Ghost is talking to your spirit all the time. Now, if you'll unplug your spirit and let it flow into your soul, it's our soul that gets us all messed up. Our mind, our will, and our emotions, our intelligence, our intellect, it just gets all wrapped up with the things of the world, with what, you know, if our body's in pain, our soul is declaring it. But the Spirit's not declaring it. The Spirit is saying, by Jesus' stripes, you're already healed. It's already been given. Reach in there and grab it. I'm not saying it's easy because I've been practicing this. And every day I tell my soul, I say, soul, you shut up. You shut up and you listen to my Spirit. Because my spirit's going to lead and guide me today. I'm tired of you. you. You're not even supposed to lead me. It was never intended for your soul to lead you. You were always supposed to be led of the spirit. Well, that was free. That wasn't even in the deal. Okay. <laughs> Let's see. Um, I got to get these amazing facts in here if I don't get anything else. Okay. Romans 11:29. For God's gifts and his call are irrevocable. All right. So what God's put in here, he's not saying, okay, you bad girl. I'm going to take that back. That's kind of the way we treat him. Like, like, he, 
like he's mad at us, so he took it back. No, it says they're irrevocable. Whatever he's given you, he's not taking it back. He's not withdrawing from you. Okay. Um, uh, Mark nine twenty three. All things are, are are possible to him who believes. So. Can you believe what I'm saying today? Can you believe that you can glorify God and God will move in on the scene? That you can magnify God instead of all this other junk? You know, God's bigger than your financial need. He's bigger than your marriage problem. He's bigger than your relationship breakup. He's bigger than your health crisis. He's bigger than your job or your lack of a job. He's bigger than whatever you're facing. And you got to make him bigger, okay? So... That's how you magnify God. That's amazing fact 12. That's how you magnify God. You just talk about how big he is, how great he is, how wonderful. Just like I was saying a while ago. God, you are joy and truth and life. And you're forever and ever. And you're everything I could ever want. And you, Just however you want to do it. Write it out. You know, I write it out. Some days, like when we were in Red River, I sit down and I, I wrote about five pages. Just writing in my journal telling God how wonderful he was. So now I just kind of go back sometimes when I'm in a hurry and I just read that out loud because it was good. It came right from my heart. It's still good today as it was when I wrote it down there. Okay. God just loves it when you love him. God loves it when you acknowledge him. Um, I want to be sure and, and say this, that I'm in the drawing near small group teaching it, but Shelly's teaching it and she's gone. So while she's gone, I'm teaching it and. We've learned that God doesn't make us hungry. God doesn't, you know, you can pray all day for the desire to know God, and he's already given it to you. It's already inside of you, so he's not going to do it. So um, if, if that works that way, then i got to do something else. So how many of you ever been on a fast? Well, lots of you. Praise God. When you fast food, you lose your hunger. Now, you have to be on about three days, but after three days, you lose your hunger. And, of course, if you could stay away from food and people, it would be easier. Because when you look at that, you think, okay, I might could think about that. But when you fast food, you lose your hunger. Now, listen to me. When you fast God... you fast coming and joining with the believers you lose your hunger just like in the natural now you know when Jesus had fasted 40 days it said and he became hungry I don't want you to fast 40 days if you've been fasting God, if you've been fasting assembling with the body, if you've been fasting reading the word, you have lost your hunger. You can tell me you haven't from now on. I'm going to tell you, you've lost your hunger. And you're going to say, well, you're telling me I have to do this and this and this and this for God. No, you don't have to do anything. I'm telling you, you can't fast God and not lose your hunger. It's just that simple. So what are you going to do about it? 
Here's what you do. When you come off a fast, you don't sit down to a banquet. When you come off a fast, I can remember Shelly and I and Jerry fasted eight days. We were going for ten, but we didn't make it. We went to the ball game, and they had food all over that ball game, and we just collapsed. (laughs) We went home, and we fixed us chicken noodle soup out of a can. And we ate that. Man, that was the best chicken noodle soup I ever ate. (laughs) Just like you'd made it, you know, from scratch the old-fashioned way. But we didn't eat a lot. We ate small bites. We ate. We had one can among three of us. Now, if you're away from God, or if you just feel away from God, because God didn't leave. You left. I left. You walked away. What do you got to do to get back? You got to praise and glorify God. And you got to eat small bites. So this is what I'm telling you. Get the word out and don't try to read three chapters. Don't try to read five verses. Go read one verse. Take a small bite. And take a small bite every day, maybe two or three times a day. could be the same scripture until the hunger returns. And it will return. Is that awesome? I see, I'm giving you some things that will just change your life if you'll do them. I mean, they, they are just in me. They are so important to me. I don't want you to think I'm preaching at you because I'm preaching to all of us. Have you ever wondered why one person's on fire for God and another one is just, ho-hum, yeah, I'm born again. Yeah, I'm going to heaven, but, you know, you know, I've got, um, I've got this job and I've got this um, business and I'm, I'm really busy and God understands. Oh, really? Oh, really? Okay. You're going to have to eat at God's table. The more you eat, now this is great. The hungrier, the more hungry you get. So if you're not reading the Word, you've lost your hunger. I mean, you may like to come to church, and that's great, but if you're not reading the Word and getting something for yourself, you've lost your hunger. God didn't intend for me to feed you all week, you know. Praise God, I get to feed you on Sunday. Okay? As you place value and worth on your relationship with God, that's how you magnify and glorify Him. When He becomes more important than those other things, then you'll stay full of healing and joy and peace and deliverance and provision and anointing and power, whatever you need. Amazing fact number 14. It's not enough just to value God and what He said and what He's done. You've got to devalue all those other things, just like you devalue the words of those other people when they're coming against you. You're going to have to devalue the temptations, the circumstances, the circumstances. You devalue them. Okay. You know, Paul wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. He was a brain. He was highly intelligent greatly educated 
and he had accolades that followed him. And what's the next scripture? Philippians 3, 7, 8. Okay, read that. Philippians 3, 7, and 8. But whatever things were gained to me, those things I have counted as loss for the sake of Christ. More than that, I count all things to be lost in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them but rubbish, so that I may gain Christ. Paul valued God and devalued everything else. So amazing fact number 16 is when the Lord is worth more to you than your own life, then the Christian life will be easy. I'll say that again. When the Lord is worth more to you, when you value him more than anything else, then the Christian life will be easy and not until... Okay, so um, I have Psalm 103, which is praise the Lord and, and don't forget all of his benefits. I have Psalm 69, I praise the God, the Lord God with song. I delight myself in the Lord and he gives me the desires of my heart. Okay, i got to quickly get number two because I've spent way too much time on number one. And this is simply... Being thankful. We are a thankless society. We don't even thank each other when we do things for each other. We, we have lost thanksgiving. And we've got to get back to that. So you've got to glorify God and you've got to thank God. Now, maybe you don't even know what to thank God for. Maybe you're, you know, you, you just, maybe you're mad at God because of things that are going on. You've got to find some things to thank God for and just begin to thank Him. Now, I wrote an entire list of things which I don't have time to read, just to give you an idea. But I want to read you amazing fact number 17. And this is really important. If you don't stir yourself up in the things of God, you will settle to the bottom. I thought that was an awesome way to say it. God's not going to stir you up. You. 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 If you don't stir yourself up in the things of God, how do you do that? You read the Word for one thing, and you read it whether you want to or not. You may read it with your teeth gritted, but read it. It, the power is, is in there, whether you like it or not, whether you want to receive it or not, it's in there. And if you keep on partaking of it, it's just like sweets and sugar. You keep on eating it, it'll show up on your body. Well, if you keep on eating the Word, it'll show up in your life. Now, God just gave me that, so that was free, okay? Uh, but I know about that other stuff showing up. Okay. Um... So go back and remember. I'm just going to give you a few things to remember. You can remember when God kept you from wrecking your car or when he protected your child when they were a long way from home or when God brought you into his family when he gave you a creative idea that caused you to prosper, Rita. 
Remember when he called your family members into salvation or when Jesus baptized you in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. And remember when he healed your body of just a little cold or remember when he healed you of a major concern. Or remember your church family he's given you. And remember the physical things like your home and your vehicle and your job and your friends and your food supply and your bank accounts and everything he's given. Remember he created you. He put you here for a purpose. Remember, he's given you eternal life. Remember how he brought you and your mate together. Remember the children he's given to you. They're a gift from him. Remember when he led you to pray and the person got saved or healed. Remember when he gave you a dream and warned you or he gave you a dream and guided you. Remember when he made a way when you were looking right at a brick wall. And remember when he led you to someone else to be saved. And remember the revelation knowledge he gave you. And remember the visions and the interpretations and the prophetic words. And remember the things you wrote down in your journal. And remember the family he's given you. And remember the pastors that he's given you. And remember what he did on the cross. Now that's just a few things. And you start remembering all those things. You're going to think, oh God, you are awesome. You are bigger than all this other junk. And then you can enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Okay. This is the last amazing fact. Aren't you glad? If you keep your mind fixed on the goodness of God and you keep remembering and thanking him for what he's done and how powerful he is, if you constantly keep God on your mind, it will change your life. What you think about, you become. When you're thinking those ugly things, get rid of them because you will become them if you don't get rid of them. What you continually, constantly think about is what you will be. So you can live in the bountiful blessings of God 24-7 by glorifying him, glorifying him and thanking Him. So you got to fix your receiver. All of you have a different receiver. I just wish we could have a little hospital room here with the Holy Ghost and just bring you up one by one and He'd show us your receiver. And we'd know just what to do to your receiver. But the truth is, you know what you have done that made you walk away from God or that made you not feel his presence or that made you feel cold or cool. I have these amazing facts. You can go ahead and pass them out. I hope you'll take them home and I hope you'll look at them. And when you think about this sermon and you'll say, Okay, I remember Pastor Virginia was just going off about all of this stuff that we could do. Well, it's not hard, and you can do it. So I'm going to tell you, fix your receiver, please, and receive from God. Glorify and thank God, and get restored back to everything God has for you and everything he gave you earlier that you may have lost. Okay, I want you to stand to your feet.